Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. Coming to you today from outside Fred's new nursery in the car. Fred is two years and three months. It's the three months that make it a milestone for starting school, for nurseries. You can't do these things when you're two. You have to be two and three months. You can't start school when you're four. You have to be four and three months or something like that. It's what I remember from Violet being young, and it is still true today. But when you're only little, three months is a long time. And we have decided to enroll Fred in an incredible nursery. It is just right for him. I think it's beautiful. I want to go there. Even the details are great. They have little pegs to hang coats and things and even the little pegs will be different animals a turtle a butterfly a horse just lovely lovely country nursery no i can't recommend it to you no i can't tell you what it is in case you are a pedo look there are so many more i mean the word for it in my vernacular is pedo but there are different names for different You know, there's like a separate name for if you fancy teenagers. And I do think that that's appropriate. There should, but I don't think it's, I think it's a massive red flag. And I don't mean to lessen the crime of acting on fancying teenagers. But I mean, yes, there should definitely, we should definitely use the other word, whatever that word is. And I'm pissed off this week because Violet and her cousin, Lily. Lily is 16 years old. Lily is very beautiful. It's it's almost a curse when you are that age to have, and it's difficult to say it without victim blaming because, you know, it's not any kind of body that gets you right attention or wrong attention. It's nothing that you wear. It's nothing that you can do. Like, it's nobody's fault. But certainly these young women who are especially traditionally very attractive. I would say that I relate, but I don't. I wasn't that hot when I was 16. But it's it's tricky because you have to navigate this world where you have weapons that you're like, oh, these things, these attributes of mine have great value. I see them on TV. I see them in music videos. I understand that I look like a Victoria's Secret model and that is powerful. But your brain is still growing and you're just not in a position to You know, it's like handing a toddler a chainsaw. Like Fred would love to play with a chainsaw, but we can't give it to him because it's very dangerous. And these young women, the kind of bodies that they have now through like, I don't know what human growth hormone in the meat, milk, I don't know what it is. But these girls look much 
more beautiful. They know how to do their makeup now because of social media. Like I was just a mess at that age. Bobby liked me at that age for my personality alone. But even so, you know, I was getting sometimes unwanted attention from men and these men were absolutely sick. Violet and her cousin Lily have been out in London. What am I supposed to do? Not let them go out in London. They've been out in the day. They've been out on the train, just doing very wholesome activities, shopping, going to a theme park, doing this and that. And everywhere they go, every day, they have been sexually harassed by grown men. And I'm sorry, Violet's 14, her cousin is 16, but the 16-year-old doesn't look 25. She looks 16, 17. So there's no mistaking Violet's age. She's 14. She has braces on her teeth. Anyone looking at these girls, no one is mistaking them for being adult women. Maybe someone might hope that Lily's 18. Nevertheless, you're a sick freak and you shouldn't be chatting to teenage girls the way you are. And this is like, I need it to stop. I am entering a gauntlet of behavior with my daughter and her friends where these men are trying to put me in jail because they better hope I am not around. I won't go into all the incidences because it's not you know, I, I want to talk about Violet less and less publicly because I do think she's entitled to privacy, but I'll only tell you the bits that she put on her own Snapchat because I suppose, you know, she has posted that now it's for public consumption. There was a man in the middle of the day filming them on the underground, just a man on his own who got his phone out and just started filming these girls sat opposite him and Violet being, you know, the spicy child of mine, gets her phone out and starts filming him back. So that's how I know. I wasn't there, but I can see on Violet's phone, she took pictures, she took videos of this guy being like, how do you like it? And I'm not going to post those videos because, you know, it's just, it would be a huge problem if I did. Um, And I just feel like, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to get into all of this. Then they uh, went into Camden where they popped into a shop. Now, I am sure that in Camden, you can get your hands on whatever you want to get your hands on if you know to go in the right place. Like there are some dodgy places, but overall, Camden is a wonderful place. Great place to take the kids. Nice place to go shopping and have some food. They go into an off license or a little corner shop. The man, I am told, I wasn't there, comes out from behind the counter. Oh, here comes Fred's nursery teacher. I wonder how it's going. I'm about to find out. Hang on. Hi. He is very headstrong. Like you think most kids, you can distract them. Like he'll be briefly distracted, but he will keep it up. Uh, I had to cut out the teacher's voice there. I don't, you know, I want to respect her privacy, but she's so wonderful. She's come out and just told me that he is upset sometimes and then he gets distracted, but he remembers he's supposed to be pissed off. And so I'm probably going to have to get him out of here in a few minutes and finish the podcast at home. Oh, well, I was loving my little car office. So Violet and Lily are in Camden and this proprietor of a corner shop or whatever comes out from behind the counter, puts his arm around Lily and says like, oh, where are you from? How old are you? She says 16. He goes, how long are you in town for? Tries to put his phone number in her phone. I was like, these men want me to spend the rest of my life in prison because they better hope I am not around. 
They better pray that I am not around because I don't care who I am, where I am, who's watching. These men, I've been training for this my whole life. All my little playful jokes about Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, that's that's for fun. That's me taking down a very, very high status 50-year-old celebrity for dating models, teenage models who are above the age of 18, but I still think it's gross. But if you are like a random man on public transport or a celebrity, I really don't care who it is. If you, if a girl says to you, I am 16 and you proceed, then you and I, and a trust, believe me when I tell you, I don't look athletic by, by any stretch. But I put Fred in the laundry basket the other day and I put my hands on the laundry basket and I put my head down and my legs out as though I was getting ready for like skeleton or bobsled or I don't really know. You know, like I said, I'm no athlete. And I sledded him around all the smooth floors of our house. And that's hard work. And I wasn't even winded from that. So that's what I'm going to be doing with your nutsack along the high road. Then Violet and Lily flew to Canada. Because Violet absolutely loves Canada, which is another problem that I have. Because it's not Canada. It's not like Violet's flying over there, like exploring the Rockies. She's going to my absolute white trash hometown. And if you're offended by the word white trash, I'm sorry, but there's no other way to describe it. Everybody smokes. Everybody drives. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter what's going on. Everyone smokes um, cannabis, which... Like it's an exercise in me acclimatizing to another culture going, oh, all right. In the culture of the places Violet is staying, it's really normal to smoke cigarettes. It's really normal for a 14 year old to be driving a truck down a main road. It is really normal to be smoking bongs like that is just normalized. And so it's crazy to me. But I just need to remember like, all right that is not my culture. Similarly, if she went to Kenya, she would be doing different things. You know, she would have to kill a goat if that's what she wanted to eat at a wedding. That's what I've learned. And I've learned about dowries and I'm learning about, you know, lots of things. And then people look at that something, oh, that's weird. Well, it's just maybe not your way. Well, the white trash way is no longer my way, but it's the way that Violet is really embracing. So on the flight back to Canada, There was a man sat beside them that made them uncomfortable. And I don't know exactly what went on there because the girls, they do have a tendency to exaggerate or, and I, I never want to say that I disbelieve them, but it's just so frustrating when I'm not there. I said, what did he say to you? She goes, well, you just asked me where I'm going, where I'm from, how old am I? I just didn't like it. And so I asked the flight attendant if we could move because we're teenagers flying on our own and we didn't want to sit next to him. And then I just thought, well, wait a minute, like what exactly did he say? Or was he, were you just so revved up, I guess, from the week of sexual harassment that you've had that now this is what happens to women? Like this is what happens because everyone goes, well, not all men. It's like, right, maybe this was just an old man who was trying to have a chat. But all week men have been filming these girls on transport, putting their phone numbers in their phones, putting their arms around them, like chatting up. I just like, this is where it comes from. And I'm seeing it now in real time with a teenager. And I don't know exactly how to handle it. It is very, very scary to me that I really, truly thought I was done parenting that one when she was like six years old. And here I am again. 
having to navigate parenting her in a whole new way. Like she's just, I've encountered no problems with Violet. She's been really independent, but I'm entering this phase where, oh, okay, it's all going to kick off now. And you have very little, very little influence now. What's done is done. Fred is being carted out of the nursery now in his key worker's arms. And I can tell that he's had enough. I'm going to go get him. I have a sneaking suspicion that the podcast will be coming to you from the car. I think Fred is very stubborn and he's not really going to have the same settling in period as most kids. I'm going to take him twice a week. I'm going to sit in the car and I'm going to get just a few minutes to myself until he gets carted out again. He saw me and the teacher had popped out and forewarned me that we might be pulling the chute, so to speak, which is you know, absolutely fine with me. Um, that was the plan all along. If he flips, we'll try to calm him down. If it's not going that way, we don't want to traumatize him. We'll give him back to you. And uh, as soon as she came out, I was like, yeah, I'll see you in 10 minutes. And yep, there he was just being held aloft like he was a, the groom at a Jewish wedding. And he saw me and he waved, hi, mama. Hi, mom. And he said, goodbye. Bye to his teachers. I'm going home now little bastard but I mean you know they did their best and he had moments of being okay so maybe those moments will become stretched out and more frequent when we try again later this week ah Fred so I'm home now we have the wonderful Miriam here both kids are asleep loads of people told me it won't be hard to have them 18 months apart they'll nap at the same time and they absolutely didn't until just recently and now both of them usually have their afternoon nap at the same time. So that is great. We're filming loads in the house this week. Um, you might have seen or I have told you that we have a show about parenting coming out on UK TV. I don't know when, but pretty shortly. I mean, we're filming it now and it's been announced. So you'll be seeing that soon. And loads of you wrote in. Thank you so much. I forwarded everything to production and we can't choose everyone to be a contributor, but we will take as many as we can. We want to talk to as many people from as many walks of life as possible. And I'm visiting a very interesting family later this week who do things a little differently to me. I mean, most people do things a little differently to me. How are you parenting your teenagers though? Because certain things, this isn't for the show. This is just for me. I think the show's mostly about babies, but like and small kids, but I don't believe that Snapchat is an appropriate tool for a teenager. I don't like that messages disappear. I don't like what I know it's designed for and it's used for. Um, and I just don't think that it's appropriate for a 14 year old to have Snapchat at all because of the nature of what can be hidden on there. I think they're not old enough to have hidden messages. They're not old enough to have a phone contract. They're not old enough for Snapchat. But I have made an allowance in my house that if you want Snapchat, you can have it with my boundaries. And my boundaries are I have your passwords for everything and I can log in anytime and spot check. And I know that Violet doesn't like that. And I don't feel great spot checking, but I feel it's not even that I'm spot checking. I just want her to know that I can log in anytime. So I log in once a day. And I just want that as a little reminder of how, you know, don't conduct yourself like no one's watching because I could be watching. And I don't think that that is how a lot of her friends' parents operate. Or maybe they just say that. They come home and they go, no one else does this. It's only you. Maybe. 
but I don't like it. And I know that romantic relationships are like on the horizon and she's going to have to go out and she's already been out late at night with some of her friends and I'm trying to stay awake for her to come home because obviously you can't sleep even though I'm tracking her location. But then the babies are still up all night and I'm up for good like at six or before six every single day and I'm trying to start gigging again and it just feels like I'm old as well and I'm trying to be beautiful so I need to sleep. I think, is it an overstep if I hire a bodyguard? Which is essentially a grown-up word for babysitter. But, you know, they have security companies. I've looked into it. So it depends on the echelon of bodyguard that you get. If you get like a former Navy SEAL like Messi has in, um, I don't know who Messi is. Like Lionel Messi, is that his name? Is there another like Ricardo Messi or is there a family of Messis? Like a soccer person called Messi has a Navy SEAL bodyguard who follows him around. He's literally at the side of the pitch in case anybody, you know, protesters or whomever run on the pitch. Uh, but also dealing with fans, just gently taking people's hands off this messy character. And I think I would at the very least like a driver to go with Violet into the city and not spy on her or anything, but just like be in the car parked somewhere to take her home. And I don't know if she's going to like that. And it's not as though I think she's like a diplomat and she needs to be, it would just make, it would make it so that I could maybe go to sleep. And I'm not saying now, like now it's fine, but in the future, and the future is nigh. I think that means near. The future, like 16, 17, 18, I'm going to be tired. And I kind of just want someone, if it can't be me, in a car in Soho, just like parked somewhere. And I know that parking spaces are very difficult to come by, but just someone pulled over, ready to like text with her and take her home. And then maybe I can sleep. Would you do that? If like, you know, you could afford it, would you do it? I don't think it's unreasonable, but maybe, you know, cause it's a very fine line. I also don't want to push her away and make her rebel against us. So I don't know. I don't like it, but this is the other thing is like, Sometimes when we're walking with the babies, people ask, they go, are you the mom or are you the mom? Are these your kids? And especially she's been alone with Fred, not really out and about much alone with Fred, but just walking him down to the park or something. Or sometimes I'll take Fenna somewhere and she'll go somewhere with Fred and we'll meet up 10 minutes later and people will ask her. And it's always women who go, excuse me, like they'll shout from across the street and be like, excuse me, are you the mom? And I remember being out with my niece and nephew. Well, they're not, no, they're my cousins, but I call them my niece and nephew because they're young. I was like 20 years old when they were born, 15 years old when one of them was born. And I'd be out with them. I'd take them when I was going to university uh, to a theme park or wherever. And people would stop me and go, excuse me, are you the mom? And I looked very young at 20, certainly very young to have a five-year-old at 20. And I always thought they were judging me. I was like, these fucking bastards, like none of their business if I'm the mom. But now I see it was the same energy that I am bringing to these men hitting on 16-year-olds. Like I see a young mom and right away I'm like, who's responsible for this? Like basically, who got you pregnant? Did someone get you pregnant? How old are you? Are these your kids? Like that's what women I think are doing. And I know I have some younger girls who listen to this and boys um, I think it's worth reminding you that we will pretend to be your mom anytime, anywhere, any place. If you feel uncomfortable, if anything's happening that you don't like, the majority of older women, excluding those who have internalized misogyny and are jealous of you, 
the majority of older women are nice to you and are not going to judge you. If anyone stopped me in the street and said, mom, that guy's making me uncomfortable, then I'm the mom. I'm not going to question you. I'm going to be like, who is? Who is baby? And all of a sudden, I am your birth mother. And I will go after whoever it is, or I will pretend to be your mom, pretend to be with you, do whatever. And there are a lot of women out there like that. And those who are spot checking Violet going, excuse me, are these your kids? I don't think they're being judgmental. I don't think they're being nosy. I think they're just checking in. I tried to extend her roaming package when she was in Canada. Violet's with EE, so am I, so is the family. And I'm the account holder for all the family accounts, and it's good. This is not an ad, but like we can share data. There's lots to be said about EE that's really good. But sort of no company in the world has anyone who works for them anymore. And Violet was unable to use any data while she was abroad, which was weird. We turned roaming on and off, and we sent a text to 150 like you're supposed to. We did all the things, and it just wasn't working. And she was getting a message that said, you're blocked from roaming data, contact your account holder. And the account holder is me. But the app wasn't working and I couldn't work out how to do it online. So I tried to call, which is so vintage. And this is what is happening right now at EE and possibly many companies. The call event, well, it didn't want to go through. It gave me like a million online options. It was like, press five. Did this help? Hang up. Like it it took me many tries, but finally it said, all right, we're going to let you. I keyed in, you know, the right... Uh, multiple choice answers to finally get to speak to someone. And pressing zero no longer works. Zero, 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 zero. No, knock yourself out. It's not going to work. They're going to hang up on you eventually. Finally, the AI gatekeeper was like, oh, we're going to let you talk to someone. Hang on. And the someone that I spoke to, I swear to God, was like a girl who was on call for EE, not in an office, not in a call center. She was just living her life. Like she was out at carnival. She was like getting her nails done. Like I could hear that she was just in the world. And she was like, hello. And I'm like, hi, what's up? Um, blah, blah, blah. I've got this issue. And she's like, uh-huh. What is it? Okay. Like she kind of had to recalibrate to be like, oh yes, this is one of my EE calls that I'm supposed to take today. And she's like, oh, let me let me look at that for you. And then she could not have been nicer, really helpful, solved the issue from wherever she was in like seconds. But I've never rung like a customer service number that went to just like a girl running errands. Like I guarantee you, I have no proof of this. And she was though the most helpful customer service representative that I've spoken to in a long time. Fixed the issue, was really polite to me, really nice. But like, they just can't afford, I don't think, call centers anymore. They're just giving like contracts to people. They're like, all right, Saturday, anybody calls with an EE issue, don't care if you're in the gym, you know, you could be shot doing the groceries, like you're answering it and you're fixing it. And that is definitely cool. And that's one job that you can have if you're an EE genius. And I'll tell you, these people are more comfortable not in the office buildings either. I was blown away by her. Smart kind, really professional, just there was like a background of, you know, the city. And then I called a cleaning service because we are filming loads this week. And my cleaner comes once a week and she is one woman and I've had her for a long time. But ultimately this family is like shoveling in a snowstorm. It's almost like she does a good job, but as soon as she's gone, the house is messy 20 minutes later and I have to clean it again. Like Bobby and I are both constantly in a state of cleaning like the dishwasher is always going the laundry 
is always going. There's always something to fold, always something to do. The floor right now, because Fena and Fred both just chuck their food everywhere. And don't recommend to me that little catchy thing on a high chair. You might as well clean it up off the floor if you're going to clean it up out of the little catchy thing. I'm not into it. Plus, I have dogs. If it lands in the catchy thing, the dogs can't eat it. The way I got it right now, the dogs eat most of it. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need another, like, you know, device. So it's a mess all the time. I have a lot of bathrooms. I'm always cleaning them. I'm always refilling them with Roll. I'm not complaining. But I mean, it's a. this is why people with big houses have housekeepers, because it is a constant struggle. And so we're filming this week. And the cleaner that I have once a week, barely a drop in the bucket of what needs to be done. She's away for like a month. We're filming the title sequence of our new show. That's like the the theme song. I try to explain it in layman's terms to Violet. Violet's like, what are we filming the title sequence? I'm like, you know, the theme song, like the opening. We're filming that this week. And I thought, oh, I've got other things. I'm filming loads of different things. I'm working. Let's get a cleaner in. But who? And it's like impossible to find a good cleaner. If you have one, hold on to them. They are like gold dust. I reached out to this company, very highly rated online. I sent them a message that said, I'm looking for like a one-off clean or temporary cover. And they say on their website, you know, they mostly do weekly cleaning contracts, but they did have a little corporate section where they said, we'll do a one-off clean. We'll do anything. We'll do everything. And they're so highly rated. And I thought, okay, this will be better than a lot of the ones where I can tell there are some cleaning services. If you've ever used them, the people are vulnerable. The company is taking a huge cut and those people don't like to clean. You know, some people become cleaners because they really love to clean and they're good at it. It's like anything. A lot of people just don't love it. They're just trying to make some extra money. And I feel that they're being exploited and I don't like to use those companies for a variety of reasons. So they finally get back to me today. And she's like, oh, we don't do a temporary cover. And I think you're probably outside our service area anyway. I have a few problems with this. I'm probably outside your service area, you think? Well, I gave you my exact address. Am I outside your service area or not? Like, look into it. How far outside of it am I? Number two, People are struggling right now in an economic crisis. If I'm a business owner, which like I am, but if even if I'm this kind of business owner, you would say to people, look, you are, let's say I am outside this like magical, like mysterious service area that she doesn't know really what the borders of are. Let's say she figures it out and I am outside of it. I go, look, you are one mile outside our service area. So normally we would not do this. But if you really want it and you can't find anyone else, we'll do it for an extra fee of this, this fee for being outside our service area. Secondly, I know it says on our website that we do one-off corporate cleans, but apparently I've changed my mind about that. Like it has to be weekly service. I would go, we don't do temporary cover, but perhaps, you know, you'll let us do a trial and come and do it for a month. Like you said, your cleaner's gone for, and you'll like us so much that you'll keep us on. That's what I think you're going to do. So let me take your money at a accelerated rate, or I would even charge more for that too. I'd go, we normally just do weekly cleaning and your outsider service area. So if you want temporary cover for a month, it's going to be at a premium. And if you want to be a mile outside of our service area, that's going to be at a premium. Are you willing to spend, you know, like 2 million pounds and let the customer come back to you and say no to like shut out potential business? Like, cause she's just lost what could have been a good fee there. That is what you do. Like that is how you handle business. And if you want to say no to the job, just 
put your price up. I do that even for like corporate gigs and stand up gigs. If I really don't want to do it, I just go, oh, yeah, all right, I'll do it for this much. And then they come back and they go, well, that's outside of our budget. And I go, great. Or they go, yeah, we'll pay you that much. And then I go, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do this gig I didn't want to do because they're going to pay me a bunch of money. <laughs> like, and, and then I know what you're going to say. You're going to go, oh, you're very privileged, Catherine, cleaner, da, da, da. No, no. There is no industry to me, blue collar. I don't care. Every business is the same. You can achieve success if you apply some basic principles and just be like, there's no no. There's like, I don't know. I'm going to find out the answer. Or yes. Will you come clean my house for a month? Mm, For 5,000 pounds, we will. And then let me be like, oh, actually, no. I'll clean it myself. Let's have some short messages from our sponsors. And when we return, I will see what you wrote me in the emails. What did you think about last week's podcast? What new dilemmas do you have this week? We're about to find out. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Oh no, trouble with in-laws. Catherine, yelled at by my boyfriend's father. Help! Last weekend, my boyfriend and I went to stay with his parents at their house for a few days. I've been with my boyfriend for three years, and this was the most amount of time I've ever spent with his parents. His father is very opinionated and has a temper. I have some food intolerances, and one day he asked if I'd ever been allergy tested. I have not. He then started talking about how he thinks that people make up food intolerances, which came across as quite rude to me, as he seemed to be suggesting that I was in that group. As part of the conversation, I made what I thought was a benign statement. Humans aren't supposed to drink cow's milk. And he blew up at this, got very angry, and went on a tirade, including saying, anyone who thinks that is fucking stupid. We went on to debate for about 10 minutes. I was incredibly uncomfortable having this man get very riled up, and it felt very aggressive from his side. I didn't want to back down, but also was completely blindsided by the outburst and subsequent argument because I really didn't intend to say anything inflammatory. I tried to hold my own as best as possible, and I didn't let him see me sweat. But I am very conflict-averse, so it was quite stressful for me. Yeah, it would be stressful for anyone. Neither my boyfriend or his mother stepped in to say perhaps this was an inappropriate response from the father, and maybe he shouldn't be calling me stupid, which made me feel very alone. I was quite hurt that my boyfriend just sat there and let his father speak to me that way, and I addressed that with him later on. Apparently, he thought I would be offended by him stepping in to defend me as it would look like I couldn't fend for myself. 
My problem is I'm supposed to stay with them for Christmas and I owe so much meat, so much consumption of cow's milk around Christmas. I'm anxious to be around his father for an extended period again. He often comes out with comments that I find offensive, which makes it hard to be around him, and I'm very keen to avoid another confrontation. Do I need to suck it up and try to get along with my partner's father for his sake, or should I put my feelings first and avoid spending more than a couple of hours around his father? (sighs) My partner is an only child, so it's really just him and his parents, with no one to dissipate the energy. Gross gross. It's funny that you bring this up because I wrote in my book about my decision in 2019 to, I mean, it's not like I announced my departure, like when people leave Twitter and they're like, never again. I just decided on my own. Well, I guess I did announce it by putting it in the book, but I mean, in 2019, I just decided on my own, like, I don't need to ever be around my aunt anymore and she's really cool and she's been really funny and she's been a great influence over loads of parts of my life but she is an alcoholic and she's very aggressive and she's getting worse as she gets older and it is this family cycle of normalizing aggressive drunken tirades you describe this guy's behavior as a tirade and in my family it was the same it was like walking on eggshells, not really knowing what her energy was going to be. And at family gatherings and stuff, I mean, she would pretty reliably blow up at someone. When she was great, she was great. But these, these episodes were something that came to a head Christmas 2019. She was flipping out at me and uh, filming it like, cause she watches Fox news. And, um, I just was like, no, I'm not going to create space for this to happen to my husband once to happen to my daughter once and she's been doing it to me since I was like eight or nine or before I just don't have memories like this is just who she is and it's because of a disease so anyway that is my experience with that Uh, I told you that to let you know that there's giving up on someone and there's walking away and letting them go and having boundaries for yourself and for your family so This is your partner's parents, but presumably if you're serious about him, the two of you are a family now and you might introduce your own sisters, your mom, like who knows, your own children, maybe dogs, I don't know. Your family will presumably grow and this is not behavior that is tolerable to you. I think it doesn't matter what the fight was about, like food intolerances, whatever, cows, like I'm on your side about all that, but it's how he fights. It's the explosion that came from him and the name calling and the swearing. You don't have to normalize getting into an argument like that with anyone. And the reason that his son, your partner, and the mom like just let this happen is probably they have been at the receiving end of this aggression a lot of the time. And they don't fight back. They don't argue back. They just go, if we stay quiet long enough, this will go away. And it's normalized for them. So I think it's really important that you say to your partner, you have normalized his behavior and you're acting like that's okay is actually hurting me because 
it's a huge culture shock to me. It's not normal for me. It made me really uncomfortable. And now I'm in a position where I feel that you didn't take care of me. Whatever your excuses are, like that is how it comes out in my culture, you know, like what you have, what you're okay with, your boundaries. And say, so your normalizing of this is damaging to your relationships. And I'm not going to normalize this and make it damaging to relationships that are around me, my mom, my kids, whomever. Like, this is done. No one speaks to me like that. What makes you think that I'm going to allow your dad or anyone else to speak to me like that? Never again. I would have that conversation with my partner. And then I would go to Christmas and I would try to just put it aside as like an old man going mental. And then if just try to stay out of his way. If he does it again at Christmas though, then you can't ever go back there. That's it. You just can't. And you have to say, this is not behavior that I'm willing to tolerate, not from him, not from anyone. And you shouldn't. And you're right. You know, your like good girl partner brain is going, should I just suck it? No, your central nervous system is crying out and going, what the fuck was that? Why did you let me sit there for 10 minutes? I mean, I can't believe you engaged in the argument for 10 minutes. But the only thing worse than 10 minutes is 10 minutes plus one more second. So you're never going to have an argument like that with him again. You're not going to let this guy's dad talk to you or anyone else talk to you like that again. And I would also say, your partner is probably a nice guy, but you watch out for that behavior from him. Because monkey see, monkey do, baby girl. Talk to your partner. Give Christmas a shot. If it doesn't work, I'm afraid you can't see that man anymore. Oh no, a breakup. Catherine, is this a normal response to a breakup? I'm 19 and I've just broken up with my boyfriend of two and a half years. He's a lovely, kind person, but I'd been feeling it wasn't right for a couple months. I'm starting uni in a few weeks and so is he. I felt like it wouldn't be right for us both to go through this big change in our lives without me being honest about how I felt about him. On the day I was going to do it, he asked me if I wanted to grab coffee in the park and play chess, which made things a lot harder. As although it sounds boring, it's actually my all-time favorite thing to do. As soon as I broke the news to him, bizarrely, I found myself feeling more connected to him than I have in a long time, having been completely honest with him. Suddenly, I felt like I wanted to be with him again, but this feeling only occurred because of the breakup. Therefore, surely, I can't act on it. During the last months of the relationships, all I could see was that I disliked about him, and now all I can see is what I miss about our relationship. How can I have a more balanced view on whether this was a good choice? Aww. You're really, really smart for 19. So first of all, it is the right choice. It is the right choice, always. If you're thinking that someone might not be right for you and you're 19 and you're about to go to uni, you've just got to break up. You've just got to, and you might drift back together after a few years or whatever, but this is the right thing, definitely. Is your response normal? I mean, yes. Breakups are very painful and they make you feel a panic that you go, oh my gosh, that thing is done now. That thing I I knew for two and a half years, what have I done? He's going to find better than me. I'm never going to get someone that nice again. Now all I can see are the good things. Because when someone's in the rear view, it's a lot easier to remember them fondly. Like I always think Taco Bell is super delicious. I'm like, oh, why don't I have Taco Bell right now? And then when I eat Taco Bell, I'm like, I don't think I really like Taco Bell. But I like, you know, your brain does that sort of remembers things fondly. And I had the exact same thing, the exact same thing with a partner who was a really nice guy and we're still good friends. Anytime we would break up, I'd go, oh no, oh my God, like, but 
all these wonderful things about him and I'm going to miss this and I'm going to miss that. And then as soon as we got back together, I was like, oh, because we weren't right for each other. We weren't right for each other. So yes, your reaction is completely normal. And I think that our brain craves balance and anything off balance has an overcorrection that your your brain goes, oh my God, oh my God, that's not the way it was. It's really out of balance. Even if it's wonderful and out of balance, you go, oh, I got to get back to this place that's comfortable. But you don't want to stay comfortable forever. You want to like shake things up. You go to uni. Who knows what the future holds for you? And I love this honesty from you. And it's great. It sounds like you took it really well because when they take it badly is when you're like, oh God, thank God he's gone. This cringe. So you were honest with him and you were playing chess and you were having a lovely day. And I think your last memory of this phase of the relationship anyway is this lovely day where you went and played chess and you broke up with him and he he probably took it really well, which is so sexy, very rare. And then you went, oh, wait, did I do the right thing? You did. And it's just going to feel shit for a while regardless. But you'll see that if, if you weren't meant to break up, it never would have even crossed your mind. It wouldn't have. Like, I don't think about breaking up with Bobby ever at all. It's too expensive. Oh, this can't be good. Spoiled my first pregnancy. Ruined. Catherine, my partner and I have been trying for a baby for a year, and we'd planned it for longer than that. Every month they failed to conceive, and the usual bad thoughts came flooding in. What's wrong with me? Would I never be able to conceive, etc.? We finally did manage to conceive, a year after we started trying, and just before I was planning to ask for professional help. We were overjoyed, and it was so exciting for both of our parents to have their first grandchild. A bit of background, my sister is quite easily the most horrible person I've ever met in my life. It's no exaggeration that she has deliberately tried to spoil every happy event in my life. She came to visit for my birthday a few years ago. She was rude to my family, who she doesn't like for no reason at all. And then when I asked politely to be a bit civil, it turned into a huge row where she blamed all her problems on everyone else and told me she hated me and wanted nothing to do with me at least six times. She also had the nerve to accuse my mother of being a bad mother, which she isn't. I made her leave, which was accompanied by a bitchy happy birthday as she sauntered out of my house. My mother cried as soon as she left, saying she could no longer pretend that my sister wasn't a horrible person and that she was determined to be miserable from the beginning. Oh my God. I've never told my mother the extent of all the horrible things my sister has done to me over the years, including holding a huge kitchen knife to my throat. What? Because I didn't want to upset her further. Instead, I made the decision to put in a boundary and cut my sister out of my life as she brings me nothing but misery. We've not spoken since then, and she behaves like a bratty child when she sees me. For context, she's 32, I'm 30. She'd always seemed like the type of person who would never have children because she seems to hate them despite being a teacher. So back to the baby stuff. I told my parents early about my baby because I wanted to tell them in person, and it was to be the only decent opportunity I had. My parents acted a little strange, excited for 30 seconds, and then changed the subject. If I wanted to talk about the baby over the weekend, I had to force the conversation. We spent the whole time thinking we were having the first grandchild until my mom let slip a few days ago that my sister is also pregnant and only a few weeks ahead of me. I know she won't have done it on purpose to ruin my pregnancy, but it's just one more way in which she has ruined something special. I can't cope with the fact that my pregnancy is overshadowed by hers and that everything I should get to experience, I essentially have to share with the one person who's made my life a misery. 
I feel like the experience has been spoiled, especially as we were waiting so long for it to happen and there have been difficult days over the past year. My parents don't understand why I'm upset and keep violating my boundaries. For example, she doesn't have my address, but my mother sent a letter from my sister to me, which she knows I wouldn't want. She's trying to get me to talk to her. How can I enjoy my pregnancy and not ruin it for my partner and get my family to respect my boundaries about my sister? I don't want her to be part of my life, but people cannot seem to accept that. Well, okay. If your sister, okay, your mom should not be violating your boundaries, number one. And I would never worry about that sister having a baby the same time as you and everything else because your mother even broke down and was like, she's horrible. Do you know what I mean? So your sister clearly has a very different relationship with your parents than the relationship that you have with your parents. I understand some of your concerns like, you know, for babysitting and time and stuff. Now, even if you keep a distance from your sister, the kids will be the same age. The kids will play together. Maybe you're worried your sister's child's going to bully your child the same way your sister has been to you. Or if you haven't thought of that now, you're thinking of it now because I said it because they're like the same age and they're going to spend time together at the grandparents' house. Um, other than that, though, it's like if your sister is not involved in your life, then this is just some other lady's pregnancy in your town. Like it doesn't have anything to do with you. As far as you're concerned, like that is not someone that's in your life. And you can say to your family, like, you know, she has been horrible to me and I have spared you the details of all the ways in which she's been horrible to me because I don't want to upset people. But again, there's a real theme this week of breaking cycles of uh, family dysfunction. Just be like, my sister's relationship with me is dysfunctional. I would describe my sister's relationship with you, mom, as being dysfunctional. And I have a family now. Uh, There's already been a lot of stress on my partner. I don't want to raise my baby in dysfunction. Therefore, if you want to be part of my baby's life, I would urge you not to violate my boundaries with my sister. She's had 32 years to correct this dysfunction. It's not happened. It's not going to happen now. And you'll just, you know, this first thing is not that deep. Like, who cares who has the first grade? And yours might be born before the other one because they're only a few weeks apart. You know, you don't really know. And like, God willing, everything's okay with your sister and her baby and everything's okay with you and your baby. But these are like two miracles who are independent of whatever drama is going on. And I hate to think these kids are going to be sucked into any of it. But for now, like you really just have to have a very firm conversation with your mom that you are ending the cycle of family dysfunction right here, you know, with your sister. Just no, everyone else tolerates her. No, 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 it's not happening with me. And I meant it. And don't think about her anymore. Like enjoy your pregnancy. She can't spoil your pregnancy because you don't talk to her. Only you can allow her to spoil your pregnancy. This is a wonderful blessing, something that you have tried for for a year. So really, really focus on this wonderful gift, this beautiful thing that is life-changing. It is such a unique life experience. And trust me, when the baby comes along, (laughs) you'd be so tired, you wouldn't even have time to think about your sister. Ooh, Catherine, my partner is a pathological liar. Weird one. I've done a lot of work with my boyfriend on the importance of honesty, and good Lord, he's been an absolute shit. Well, let me stop you there. 
Why do you think that this man is so worthy of your efforts and your work and your time if he's been an absolute shit? Like, why? What are people doing here? You are dating for potential. You have bought yourself a fixer-upper. He is not an investment property. Like, I don't know if this man has like a solid gold dick, but before I read any further, you do know there are men out there who aren't going to lie to you and who are not going to take all your time. Oh, God. I've tolerated more than I should. Yes, I think we're in a good place now. Compromise in it? No. He's been not the best in terms of looking elsewhere and is a recovering addict although more trying to make it socially acceptable rather than life-destroying. Okay, so he's, he's an addict, but he's stopped being an addict to the point that it's ruining his life, and he's just a regular, like, friendly British addict. We speak regularly. What? Is we speak reg- You speak to your partner regularly? Babe, I'm, uh, look, I don't want to come into your email tearing it all apart, but there's so many red flags We speak regularly. It doesn't matter what, but what matters most to me is honesty. He started to say he understands. My friends like him, but they say he's a pathological liar. I'm not sure. No, because you've been gaslit. But then there are little things. Example, I'm away at work. He's at home. He said he's been in the office all day and said it was a hard day. My friend called to say he thought we were at home as the car was outside. I said to him, my friend saw you. He denied it. He said he was in the office. I said, it's fine. Just don't worry if you need to take a day off. It's not a problem. I'm just saying what my friend said. They wanted to say hi. And then he got pretty pissed off about me challenging it. This is not a one-off. That I did this and me thinking, no, you fucking didn't, or actually finding out that it was differently than he said is relatively regular. Honesty is important to me. Do I push it, leave it, accept it? What would you do? Honesty is important to me. How many times have you said this? And the- Honesty is not important to you. Here's what you need to do. You need to get the phone in your hand and dial one of your very closest friends. I know you have friends. You just spoke about a friend in the email. You need to call a nice girlfriend, the one with the comfiest spare room or couch, the one with the fewest kids or cats or whatever, sister, mom, I don't care. You need to go call that person now and say, have you got room for me? I'll be there in an hour. And then you need to get your clothes, some snacks that you like, because I know you paid for all the ones in the fridge, whatever else you need, uh, a bottle of white wine. You need to put all of that into a little a little carry-all, a small suitcase, and you need to leave the house at speed and go to your friends and drink that bottle of wine and order a nice takeaway and talk about how painful the next few weeks are going to be uh, because you need to come up with an exit strategy. You're going to ask him to leave or you're going to try to leave and find like somewhere permanent to be. I don't really know your housing situation, like who is paying the mortgage, who's paying the rent. I don't know how you're going to get this man out of your life, but you need to move on from this man and get him out of your life, hopefully with as much as little sorry, disruption to you as possible. There are so many men out there who will not make you question every single thing that they say. This guy is an addict, which I know is a disease that can't always be helped, but it's something you're going to have to navigate forever. It doesn't sound like you have children, which I mean, the longer you stay in these things, 
The worry is there will also be children down the road and then it gets a lot harder to extricate yourself. So you need to leave now. He doesn't sound like he's very motivated, whether he's lying to you or whether he's not. I have been with a liar before and it is pathological. It doesn't matter what it's about. They might not be always lying to be nasty, but they're always going to lie. A liar puts you in danger because you don't know where you stand. And a liar makes you feel crazy because you know better. You know he's not at the office. You know that he didn't do this when he said he did or do that when he said he did. Or you know, and you don't deserve to be living your life under that heavy, heavy burden of weeding through the many lies just to know where you stand. This man is not good enough for you. And I cannot believe that you have entertained him, probably fucked him, probably fed him for as long as you have. But one of my famous sayings is the only thing worse than spending three years with a psychopathic pathological liar is to spend three years plus one day. Let today be the last day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. If you'd like to write me a letter, it's tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. If you don't yet have my book, it's available as a hardcover, paperback, Kindle, or audiobook. It's called The Audacity. I am doing stand-up gigs hopefully soon near you. You won't see them announced, but when I get a tour together, boy, you watch out for that baby, and I will speak to you soon. Please look after each other. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com